JV to the Pros, Season 2, Episode 34. I am very proud to be here. I'm Jack Vecchio, your host with my partner, my partner, the Iron Man, the Iron Man of Broadcasting, Corey, the Iron Man, Ramsey. How are you, Corey? Feeling better and better each week, thanks to CBD. <laughs> we, you know what? You and I have both been using that this week. My back, my back got really tweaked, and I've been using it too. Um, and the other thing, like we both live in San Diego, and neither one of us are, are fans of the local baseball team. But um, I got to say, let's introduce the whole the whole show, and then I want to talk about I want to talk about the, the phenomenon that's going on with baseball real quick and we'll we'll chat we'll chat about that and get caught up what's going on all week with everybody we have the queen of queens co-producer miss karen the queen of queens say hello karen hello there corey tell me who you've got there do you have another producer there i have robin with a y in the nest in the nest the producer extraordinaire Hello. <laughs> Hello. Okay, and that's everybody on the show. So let's talk about what's been going on with um with our local sports. We don't have many sports teams. Oh wait, Paco. Oh wait a minute, oh, hold on. We have one more. Of course. You know what? Do we say you guys, Paco? you guys are way. You guys don't give me enough, uh, you know, respect here. I mean, come on. What am I? Just a you schmuck? Know, I mean, I left him a memo. I left him a memo to, to bring you into the show, and he left me a memo, and we went in the recycle bin. Anyway, Paco, the last man standing. <laughs> we'll do it in tandem. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Jack, I wouldn't expect anything more from New York's biggest meatball. Oh, oh God, I like that. Robert with a Y really likes that. <laughs> I know, it's funny. <laughs> What is this world coming to? You're going to take that? <laughs> so, wow. here in San Diego, everybody is without, San Diego's without teams, right? But in the last week, I have been amazed at usually the Padres have done something that's never been done before in a very bad way. And the Padres have figured out a new way to lose or a way to blow a big lead or a way to just blow always. a no-hitter. There's yeah. always a way for them to screw it up. But credit where credit is due. The Padres did something uh, about a week ago, three days into the week. They hit grand slams in three consecutive games, and that hasn't been done since 95, 1895 was the last time a team did that and that team doesn't exist anymore. And then the Padres on the next on the next night hit another grand slam which meant they were the only major league team to hit grand slams in four consecutive games. Now, they have gotten the nickname Slam Diego. So <laughs> they are they are Slam Diego now. Slam Diego, but they suck. They're suck Diego because well, they. I used to go to the games every year. I loved. I used to love baseball, and I would go to the games on Mother's Day every year, and I would bring my kids, and we would watch the games. We had so much fun and everything, and but it was it sucked. The uh the people coming there, the fans, they were not. The fans were never there. I mean, like the the 
stands were never filled or anything. And then um, fan base. Well, you got to remember, then, guys, San Diego. I went, game, I went to a game where San Diego played the Red Sox, which is Ooh, my team. And I've seen a Sox game. In Boston because there were so many Red Sox fans all over downtown, all over the place going to the game. You know what? Yeah, I've the been... Padres don't have the fan base that, that other teams have. When the Mets come into town, it's like a Mets home game. When the Cubs come into town, it's like a Cubs home game. Red Sox uh-huh. come into town, same to Yankees. It's like a Yankees game. The, the Padres don't have that following because they've never won. They're not in the because club. They suck. <laughs> well, hey, Jack, you know. And then all of a sudden, what? Well, I, uh, you know what? I'll finish my thought. I know I wanted to hold it, but you know what? I'm going to practice a little self-control here. So this is going to be edited out, by the ways. No, you don't have to edit anything out. If you're practicing self-control, I want it on the record. <laughs> All right. Well, to our listeners at home, what I wanted to add was this is the second time in sports history regarding San Diego where a lack of a season or la- or uh, extreme circum- extraordinary circumstances have provided, uh, well, ample time for our local teams to uh, sprout new wings. What I'm referring to is back in 1987 when they had the NFL strike and uh, the Chargers were actually doing very well. <laughs> well, that was the replacement team. Until the, until the strike was over and the, and the regular guys came back and then the Chargers lost almost every game. Down the I think the Chargers were 7-1. and one, And when, they came, when the team came back, the actual players, they lost like every game down the stretch. <laughs> nice. So yeah, yeah the, Padres, the Chargers were another team. Well, the San Diego teams have a way of just not getting that following, other than the fact that people that live here will support them. But I'll tell you what, they hit they hit grand slams in four consecutive games. Never been done before. Credit where credits due. Then they take a night off from hitting grand slam, and and on that night they were in a position with the bases loaded to do it yet again and didn't do it. And then the next night, they hit another Grand Slam. They hit five Grand Slams in six games. Never been done before. The Padres, the Padres who rob it with the Y, said suck. They suck. Are now 18, they're 18 and 12, which means they're on pace to win 36 games this year in a 60-game season, which puts them right in the playoffs. Okay. So, yeah, they're, they're on a tear. So right. I, I don't know how long this will last, but they just swept the world champion Houston Astros. They just swept All right. Them. So anyway, that's the, that's the good news. What's been going on with, with you guys this week? I'll give it to the Actually, couple. I was asleep. I, I, I we we, were, we were sleeping. <laughs> I'm talking about the <laughs> Wait, so you I guys have mean, been... I didn't mean to surprise you. <laughs> Wait. Paco. Yeah. Tell us some news that's going on in your life. Well, actually, I've been pretty busy. Um, I've been reaching out, and looks like I'm flexing my muscles at uh, the opposite sex. <laughs> and I'll Ooh. well, um, I'll, I'll explain. At the airport, I met a very nice girl over at the JetBlue terminal, and she noticed that my Comic Con shirt. And we got speaking for a little bit about you know the convention, and you know she actually likes to cosplay too. So. Obviously, we were jamming for a little bit because she's more of a DC comic book person. Obviously, I'm more of a sci-fi movie nerd, a la Ghostbusters. And then also on Wednesday, I was on a shoot in San Marcos, and I was chatting up a conversation with one of the assistants. And I totally, she was a very attractive girl. We spoke for a little bit. We were having lunch. I thought she was Hispanic. It turns out she's Ukrainian, of all things. So we got on talking about, you know, Chernobyl and Pripyat, and she was actually pretty impressed with how much I knew about the stuff. 
because her parents were actually yeah, evacuated. People mix those two up at the Olympics all the time. Ukrainian did you get her phone up? Uh, yes, I did. However, you, so you closed wait, the deal? Wait, 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 I didn't wait, close wait, no wait. deal. No, How no. did you get the number? Did you pay for a search? No, I didn't pay for a search because she is te- okay. So I'm providing video services to her cl- to her company, and she I had to film her on camera, so I had to get her information regardless. So this is kind of like you know tread. This is like you know, this is kind of like murky waters for me guys because at the same time it's like you know if I can try to working at it, I mean that's great, but also but I'm also have to consider the logistical differences because. She lives in Carlsbad. I'm in freaking Chula Vista, which is to a lot of people already Mexico. And then, I mean, not that that was an issue, but also just the distance because you know gas is expensive. But I so mean, let me ask you. So let me ask you: Do uh, either of these two gals present a possibility for you? Like well, a possibility. I don't know about uh, about JetBlue because that was a week ago, and I'm sure it's and it's already past that. However, this one I'm in constant communication with, but I have to be. I, I need to exercise caution and also like approach it. I don't want to like barrel down on it because you know people it's tend fine. to. What I mean to say is this: people, they, uh, you guys have known me after a while. You've gotten to understand me, and you get me. However, at first glance, I'm a tough pill to swallow. And people have told me this before. A lot of people. You still I, are. You still are. So, but but go ahead. What I mean to say is, a lot of people <laughs> thought that I was kind of a jerk or a know-it-all. But once they got to know me over time, they you know they realized. It was confirmed. What? <laughs> it was confirmed. <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> Look, go ahead. Point is, I'm working on improving myself because I don't want to be a hermit for the rest of my life. And, Good for you. Right? I mean, and everybody should be right. proud of it. I mean, if COVID has showed us anything, it's, you know, you got to improve your situation a little bit, right? Like, you know, my right. brother, he improved his situation. Look where he is now. Now he's starting his career. He's in another state. He's going to do great things in the Navy. And who says I can't do great things for myself? Uh, but wait a minute. Hold it. There is a phone call coming in. Hang on. Hang on. All right. Oh, yes. Here we go. It's the 80s. And the 80s said they do not want to be ignored anymore. I'm not going to be ignored. Oh, yeah. Let's do this okay. right now. We're really going to do this now? My entire bedroom is dedicated to the 80s. How much more do you want me to de- to donate my time and leisurely time and everything to it? I uh, don't know. That sounds like a personal issue there, Hoss. <laughs> Hoss? <laughs> You're going to call me Hoss? That's a French term. Hoss? Yeah, oh, I looked it up. It's said- old French. It's from we the have South. put off. You're funny. Off the um, we have put off the '80s for like a month, so we're gonna do this. Yeah, he called and said he's not taking it anymore. So I think we, you know, we have to that listen to our callers every now and then. That might have been that might have been Twisted Sister said we're not gonna take it. We're not gonna uh, take it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna let uh, Paco, since the '80s were about 15 years before he was born. We'll let him pick his favorite songs of the 80s. Alright, well, I don't have to go off the top of my head. Actually, you know what? You guys go first. I gotta collect my thoughts here. Okay, well, that'll be quite a collection plate. Alright, Robert, <laughs> you go first. <laughs> okay, it is Funkin' for Jamaica by Tom Brown. Mm, okay. How does that go? Oh my god, it's, it's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it on my phone you, while the rest of the guys are... You just put your arms over your head like Rocky. And I noticed oh. you got some, you got some guns. Yeah, there's some muscle. You betcha. 
<laughs> okay. Um, so you guys go next to whatever your favorite song in the 80s is, and I'm going to look this up so I can play a clip. Okay. And, and yes, we can play a clip off YouTube, but give us another one of your songs. So yeah, just give us your songs. Oh, I thought that it was just one song. No, it's no, five oh, songs. Oh, what do you think? You think the rules changed? It was limited know. to five. Corey said only five. No more than five. Yeah. No okay. more than five. Oh my goodness. Okay, so Funkin' for Jamaica and uh you got that twice. Yeah, once. <laughs> which is I had to say it twice. Yeah, uh, you were and then twice. <laughs> that song uh, is by Madonna. I love Madonna in the eighties. She had great songs in the eighties. Like a virgin. Like a virgin. No, not that one. It's uh, the slow one. Uh, uh, la, la, la Isla Benita. That's what I was gonna say. No, no. Like a prayer. Uh, Papa no. don't preach. No. Oh my gosh, you guys. But she we're just, guessing every song of, of Madonna, and we can't get it right. Is it fever? Is it fever? All right. Lucky star. Now we begin to move. Every breath I'm deeper into you. And we just been flagged for copyright. Who who sings that song? Madonna. I know. Let's keep it that way. Nah. That's what my kids used to always say. (laughs) Okay. Can I take over now? The song is is in uh, um, that wrestling movie from the eighties too. Wait, um, Vision Quest. Oh, the song is from Vision Quest, and she sings it in that song. Oh, hey, I got a great Vision Quest story, by the way. Nobody's talking to you yet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're just all over the place here. We just want song. Okay. Midnight Star, um, the, uh... Midnight Star? Yeah. Is that the group or the song? It's the group, and the song is, um, Shining Star. Honey, you are my shining star. I love that song. Oh, the 80s had some really awesome, like, sexy jams. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but Funkin' for Jamaica is not a sexy... Jam. Well, you got that up there three times. Okay, so go ahead and go on to the next person because, well, right, actually. Right. So somebody go and give their list. All right, All right I'll Paco, go. Go for it. All right, starting. Go ahead, Parker. All right, at number five is who are you gonna call Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. Uh, four <laughs> is Danger Zone by Top Gun. Uh, number three, Don't Hate Me, Summer of '69 by Brian Adams. Uh, yeah, per- number two is Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode. And I round it off with number one is Pure Energy by Information Society. Yes. Good. Nice. Okay. Can I play this? Can I play this clip? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I just want to make sure it's all loud and everything. Are we allowed to play it? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's a that's a good jam right there. It's funky. You know this song? I just need like a disco ball. It's like the early '80s right here, man. It is. I'm, a lot I'm of people to forgot about funk. No, just hold it there. Oh, sorry. 
The audience can't tell, but we're all swinging our arms over it. Swinging arms in the air like you just don't care. Absolutely. I would have thought. I would have thought Paco. I would have thought Paco would have had Ghostbusters in his list. He did. He had Ghostbusters in his list. Joking. I know, but I'm tricking up for Paco. Right. Thanks, Corey. I love his list. I love Paco's list. Paco's list Even is though good. there's no wrong answer to this, but I love right. Paco's list. Remember, and there's... Really like that song. You gotta remember, guys, the 80s is, in spite of all the good music, there was a lot of bad, cheesy music, too. Flock of Seagulls says so. Um, so. I saw them in concert. <laughs> did you really? Oh, I did when oh. I was 18. Let me, let me flick that back my mullet. Um, Corey, <laughs> I'll tell you something very funny. He mentioned um, Danger Zone by, with Top Gun, right? Uh-huh. This summer, you and I talked about this earlier, how Top Gun 2, in which I'm in, is yes. um, was expected to be the blockbuster of the summer, right? Expected yeah. to pull in about $270 million. Well, because of everything that happened, guess what the summer blockbuster was? It was Russell Crowe's Unhinged, and guess how much money it made? Thirty-five cents. Four point eight million dollars. Mm, wow. All-time low. As, All as right, so let's, let's get through the eighties. Let's get through the eighties. All right, Ego Corey, what's your list? Why not? You know, the thing that I love about the eighties was the second British inv- invasion. So Paco mentioned about the, uh, like, bad music. I look back on that with fondness. And I think about, and I'm going to rattle off the British invasion quickly. You better have Aha, Pet Shop Shop Boys, Bananarama, Duran Duran, The Cure, Police. The Police! Flash, Madness, M, Def Leppard, ABC, Robin Rockets, Rock of Seagulls, Soft Cell, Modern English. Okay, he's going way over five. Hey, you know what? You're, you're committing a crime, Corey. You know what that crime is? You didn't... Culture car, big country, go-go's, psychedelic furs. Boom. That was just a little bit of the British invasion. You missed the Clash. You missed the Smiths, too. You got to get Morrissey's due credit. I said the Clash. That's when when they were interrupting me, but I said the Clash. No Smiths. No Smiths. And That's you know what? just a few of the British invasion. Now give I'll me, give you my songs. My give me your songs, songs, Corey. Here are, my, here are my songs that I would say it's hard, but I'll just give you five that I really like. I guess Corey's Don't not Don't Be a... Cruel, Bobby Brown. Ooh. Somebody's Watching Me, Rockwell. Ooh, Inside, Inside and Out, Phil Collins. Sowing the Seeds of Love. Tears of Fear, yes. also from the British Invasion, and Tempted by Squeeze. You know, Corey, uh, Bobby Brown, he did the cover for, uh, he did the theme song to Ghostbusters 2, On Our Own, which is a very good song on its own right. I agree. Yep. Well, so I, what, we, what else we got? I have right. to say that I love In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. I was just I think that's a great listening song. to that on the radio the this 80s. morning. It <laughs> is. The other thing is The Police. That was my first concert in 1981. You know what? I was 16 years old. I I took a long time to mention to my wife that I'm not a fan of The Police or Sting. And I kind of didn't know how that was going to go. And she gave me a big (laughs) hug and says, I'm not a fan either. Oh, my God. I don't want to 
Oh wow, that's great. We have we have twenty seven hours of music on the on the uh, on our playlist for the motorcycle. Not one police or sting song is on there. Oh. <laughs> I have to tell you that all of those groups that I rattled off, I have fondness for all of them. Nice. So all those songs have a special place for me. The British invasion. You know what ended the British invasion? The second one in the eighties. It was the advent of the three, what's considered the three icons of the 80s, Prince, Madonna, and Michael Jackson, that they pretty much just steamrolled over all those one-hit wonders. Everybody started gravitating, spending their money towards Madonna, which her album, Like a Virgin, yeah, that was her still her top-selling album, Thriller, Bad by Michael Jackson, and then, of course, Prince, um, uh, Purple Rain. Purple Rain, Prince of the Revolution. Yes. Good stuff. So what do you got, Jack? Well, well hang on. We got our, our product of the 80s, who is, that's her wheelhouse. Karen her wheelhouse. Her, her, that's, that's her wheelhouse. Is, Let's get is it. The 80s. That's her thing. Let's get it. Well, Corey, I'm like you, though. I'm like, I can only name bands. So, yes. John Mellencamp. No, John we're going to move, move you. I don't care. We'll mute Listen, you. We'll have have songs. Robin makes her own. Let's hear the band. 70s and stuff. So, I'm going with John Mellencamp, mm. Aerosmith, The Clash, Joan Jett, uh, Pat Benatar, Twisted Sister, and Guns N' Roses. No, you you know what? There we go. How do we edit that, Paco? Anyway. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Karen. I'll tell you what, Karen. There was a time in my high school... Every gal, every single Caucasian gal dressed like Pat Benatar. Yeah. Everybody wanted to be her. True. She oh was God, a fashion I icon. I saw her in concert last summer, and she looked exactly like she did back in the 80s. She looked unbelievable. She was fabulous. Fabulous. She's the bomb. Now, do you guys, she is do the you guys remember in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? When some oh, yeah. of the girls dressed as Pat Benatar to come back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. It was like everybody. It was like everybody in high school that had that hairstyle yeah. and everything. And her music. I, I mean, her music still rocks to this day. Yeah. I love. I. It's a sad song, but I love "Hell Is for Children." I think that song is like just cuts to my heart. Yeah, we've got that on the motorcycle too. We like that song. We like we. You know what? If you ever want, if you ever want to hear something really awesome. Pat Benatar, Heartbreaker, live in concert. There's a one point right in the middle where she obviously points the mic at the crowd. 50,000 people. You're a heartbreaker. Dreamer. Uh, 50,000 nice. people doing it in sync. It was killer. Anyway, um, 80s. My, I'm last, right? Always. Always. Okay. <laughs> I am shocked that because Dirty Dancing is my wife's Favorite movie of all time. She left off one of my favorite songs from the 80s, Time of My Life. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's my favorite movie, not my favorite song. Okay. <laughs> and there's a distinction. <laughs> and and I've got um, from the greatest concert I've ever been to, because I got to hang out with Slash, um, Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses. 
and my wife didn't hang around long enough to meet him. She decided to go home. <laughs> so we, were, was we, were, we were parked next to each other. He had this big RV and stuff, and she she left. And I'm like, he's coming out, obviously. <laughs> we're parked next to each other. Um, I got Eye of the Tiger from Rocky Three. So I, I guess that. Yeah. About I got yep. um, Joan Jet Touch Me. I don't know that song. Okay. All right. I, I'm not done. <laughs> I got I got Bad Medicine. You guys know that song? Yes. Yeah, Bad Medicine. And here's here's my capper. And partially because I got in trouble with my union for the comments I made in 2012 after she passed away. And I had to go up to Hollywood and explain myself. Mm -hmm. I want to dance with somebody, Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. And I made, I, I made an inappropriate comment on a blog with a bunch of actors in which I said that it was really too bad that Whitney Houston had so much trouble at the end of her life, she couldn't seem to keep her head above water. And I immediately got a phone call <laughs> saying you'll need to come up and meet with your, your union president. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, a new row. Yeah, something about something about um, um, tragedy plus time, and I left off the back end of that formula. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, sure. you have heard of the good sure. explanation, Jack. You're a meatball. Now, now hang on. <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> so listen to this. Listen to this. Because Robin didn't know it. Ready? Play it, play it, play it. Play it, play it. What the hell is this? Mm. Yeah. You guys recognize it? Yeah, I recognize it. I know you do. You and I have like the same playlist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean Joan Jet I mean Joan Jet was big, but you know, in high school we always saw her as a Pat Benatar wannabe. Yes. Same. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joan Jet was around a lot longer than Pat Benatar. Agreed. She, she just wasn't the icon. She used to play at CBGB's all the time, and that's where I first saw Joan Jett. Yeah, I think mm, Joan Jett came on the scene five years before, like way before no, that. No, I feel you. I, I feel you, but she never reached the icon status that uh, Benatar did. Okay, so I have an update. So um, the Madonna song that I love so much from the movie Vision Quest in 1985 is crazy for you oh I yeah love that song. Oh. that's a great song so let's do that let's rattle off quickly so we can move on from the 80s because i just got a text from the 80s and they said we're talking too much about it so <laughs> if people if people have their movies let's rattle off let's rattle it off quickly serious stuff and skate away from the 80s we finally got the 80s done we'll try to do the <laughs> 90s the next week or two um, but, um, so. I know, I know Robin has a very serious topic and we're going to, we're going to shift gears and we're going to, we're going to dig our heels in a little bit. So go for it, Robin. Yes. So I would like to discuss the, uh, shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, he is a 29 year old man 
I mean, I can't imagine anybody listening would not be familiar with the case, but he is a 29-year-old man who was shot seven times by a police officer. 29-year-old black man. Oh, yes, 29-year-old black man who was shot from behind, shot in the back seven times by a police officer. Now, um, I've heard all kinds of things that, okay, well, he had an active uh, arrest warrant for sexual assault, and he had been arrested in the past for disorderly conduct, and he had in the past also, like, waved a gun at a bar. You know what? That, to me, does not justify shooting a man, shooting anybody, black, white, Haitian, I don't care what he is, shooting anybody from behind seven frigging times. Okay, we'll set the scene for people who may not no, know. No, so, so the way that it, so, Have you seen the cell phone footage of this? Of course. He yes. was, so was like a foot away from him, shooting away. I know. Into his yes, back. so the, the scene is, and so what I read from the guy that shot this cell phone video, before he started shooting the video, he saw the police and Jacob Blake uh, wrestle a little bit, and then Blake, and then they tased him also, and he got up, and he walked around the front of his SUV, right. and there was a whole crowd of people around too, yes. and he walked around the front of his SUV to the the at the driver's door, opened it up, leaned into the car, and as he was doing that, two white police officers were right on his tail. And as he leaned into the, the car, the police officer grabbed his T-shirt and shot him seven times, point-blank range. Okay, I he didn't is... see the grab in this T-shirt thing, but I did see they followed him around the car with a gun pointed at him. And, then and they shot it. The... Yeah, when the, they went in the car. There's video of, of that, of the yeah. actual shooting. Right. And so it's hard to watch. You know, it is very hard to watch. Yeah. He is alive. Um, I oh, guess he had paradise. Because, what? He's paralyzed. He's paralyzed. He's he may paralyzed be paralyzed. The they said the it's a mir- it would be a miracle if he talks, if he walks again. Um, he is paralyzed from the waist down. He's still in critical, con- or he's in stable condition in the ICU. So, you know, I just, I mean, he may have been a bad guy. He may have, I mean, I don't condone hitting women. I don't condone hitting children. I don't condone any of that. But at the same time, I don't believe that he deserved to be shot in the back seven times by a police officer. So that was, in my opinion, an attempt at a public execution. And you know what? It was a, he, he had stopped there actually to help dilute and and diffuse de-escalate de-escalate um uh, um a domestic, a domestic dispute yes right, that had nothing to do with him he was yeah. doing this out of he was extending himself to try to break this down and then the police seemed to want to take him into custody and he wasn't having any of it but i mean so it's again, just it's a tragic event and his children were in the car Three of his children were in the car. So, well, you know, that that is going to terrorize the children for the rest of their lives. Right. Right. And 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 when you see the cell phone footage of this, it's, it's amazing that this guy survived because he yes. just kept shooting him. And, yep. and and I was like, I thought he I thought he killed him. I thought we watched mm-hmm. him kill him. Yeah, and same. I don't know how the officer first of all thought that this was 
a solution in this situation. Right. Nothing, nothing had happened to require deadly force. But right. now, Wisconsin is, and and I, I was telling Corey earlier, um, to, to the people of Wisconsin's credit, with all their frustration and fury, instead of taking people's businesses and destroying them and looting them and doing all that, what they did do was they, they literally destroyed and burned to the ground the probation office in downtown Wisconsin. There you go. I mean, that thing is now gone. Ashes. Yeah. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But this guy, this guy, yeah, he wasn't listening to the police. They were giving him orders. He was he was absolutely not not doing as he was told. The penalty is not that. Or right. to be shot at seven times. Right. That, video, that cell phone footage was incredible to see. Yes. Uh, I, I just, I just, every shot made me feel like the beginning of, of Saving Private Ryan. You know, those mm -hmm. 22 minutes or whatever. It just yes. seemed like it was going on and on. He just yeah. kept pulling the trigger. And yes. he just wanted it to stop. Yep. So, yeah. And, and as Corey said to me before the show, like, it would be nice to know this might be the last time we'll have this conversation. But unfortunately, the lesson hasn't been learned. Right. It's not likely. We'll probably have many more conversations just like it. So ultimately, um, folks, uh, what is your takeaway with this? So Paco, what's your takeaway from all of this? I was having this discussion about the case earlier with my father. We were watching the cell phone footage. But it seems time and time again, no matter how bad the rap sheet is of the victim, it just seems like law enforcement is just, you know, adding insult to injury. So I think it comes to the, I mean, I think the writing's on the wall that it is, uh, it's not just the individual, it's just the, it's the institution in of itself that needs to be reformed. But I don't think that it has to be de completely defunded. I am not for that. As a matter of fact, not to get too far away, but it's going to lead, uh, doing that, going that route leads to bigger, longer term, worse consequences. We're talking, for example, uh, the way now that law enforcement is completely falling apart in, in New York City, according to the media, um, you actually have only, uh, you have a rich people and billionaires taking off and going to other places. So I wouldn't expect, I mean, I would expect New York to be coming to Detroit in a very short time. But back to the subject here. We have to, uh, true, I mean, uh, there has to be completely, just a complete shakedown of law enforcement. Because over the, over the last 15 years, it has become more and more militarized. And also their approach. It just seems like it's like, yeah, there's no, there, there's no connection between the communities. That's why you have this. And also like, and, okay, and also, let me stop you for a second. Let me stop you. You said it's become more militarized, the police. Yeah. I mean, have you seen what they, I, I disagree. How so? No, I disagree Wait a minute, Corey. How so? I disagree. Well, I'm going to, I'm yeah, going to tell he's you. He's right to disagree. He's right to disagree. They're handing these guys military equipment. Like they're handing them tanks to drive up and down the street and stuff like that, but they're not training them like the military with that kind of discipline. And yes. Corey, what's the only entity of the police that's trained like the military? And that is SWAT. So Paco, so Paco, you had uh, some contention with what I said. You, when you say it's become more militarized, tell me what you think you mean by that. Well, what I exactly. mean is that the policing used to be enforcing the laws in said community, but also like, you know, having a, uh, and also de-escalating. 
over the last 15 years, there's been a change because also reflective with law enforcement of the last 30 to 40 years, starting with the war on drugs, get tough on crime and whatnot. Now you're just bossing around people, and then, you know, you always approach it like a war zone. I mean, this is like, you know, the way LAPD was operating in the 80s in South Central Los Angeles. That's why they had... Well, like, how is that military? So you haven't answered, just answered a question. How is that? You said police have become more militarized. What do you mean by that? In one sentence. That's all. They don't take... I'm just asking for clarification. They take people as bad guys on a general basis. The moment you step out, it's like when you told me, when you get pulled over, you fear for your life, right? But how is that militarized? You haven't answered the question. I'm asking you a simple question. They see everyone as the enemy, is what I'm trying to say. Military people... No, see, let me stop you right there. Okay. As being the only military person here... And if you are well-trained, you don't see people that way. You really, you really don't. And the thing is, the most highly trained police officers are SWAT officers. And we don't hear of negligent discharges and shootings by them. You know why? Because they are so well-trained, so well-disciplined. And how SWAT got started, it's because the military said, you know what, we want to bring our training into the police department so you can better handle different uprisings. So that's why SWAT is so well-trained. You don't have these problems. So to say that police has become more militarized is completely inaccurate. I've never heard that term, never, by anybody, by anybody uttered ever. So that's why I just was asking you what you meant by that. I think they're giving local police um, enforcement officers equipment that's really meant for war, and they're having them use that on the on the streets of America. But they're not training these guys with the mentality and the and the the reaction of of SWAT or of the military. So I disagree with you, Paco. That they become more mil militarized. I think they become They've, they've been given a lot of tools that are way above their pay grade. So what they've become in a sense, what we're seeing in a sense is, you know, 1876 Dodge city law enforcement, wherein you have the ability, if you're a marshal, you have the authority just to shoot whoever you want. I mean, that's really what it's coming down to. So I think with this responsibility, and there's only two jobs where you have the authority to kill people, and that's the military and law enforcement. So the training needs to equal the responsibility. And so my solution is make the physical training equal to what you have for SWAT, which is highly physical. You need to have psyche valves so you can weed out all of these people that have, that display these overt racial tendencies and biases, weed them out. And then also the people that are like grossly overweight, that are police officers and not in shape, you need to train them, you need to test them quarterly. Physical abilities, shooting, just like you do with the special forces in the military. And I promise you, a lot of the nonsense that you have, you will not have anymore. 
Corey, let me because ask you something. As, because as someone, and hold your hold your thought for one moment, as someone who has done different things, say like anti-piracy and that kind of stuff, you don't touch your weapon unless you're going to pull your weapon. And if you're going to pull your weapon, then you're going to discharge it. And then if you discharge your weapon, you use it to actually terminate the target. So that means you don't touch it unless you're going to use it, unless you're going to kill someone. And that should be the mentality. There's no such thing as firing shots up in the air and warning shots. It's illegal. And even in handgun training, I've taken handgun training before, and they say, if you pull your gun and you point it, you you should point you should only pull it if you intend to shoot it, and know that that is a weapon. It's not of mass destruction, but that can do serious harm or death to a person. Well, you know, remember the movie Full Metal Jacket? You don't point yes. that thing at anything you don't intend to destroy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's really and that's really what it comes down to. But we need to um, movies aside. Again, and I've said this weeks ago, that the training needs to be revamped. So I don't want the police department to be defunded. I think that's asking to defund, you know, the protection that we have as citizens. Retrain these people and weed out these knuckleheads that are too scared and too much of a coward that the first thing they have to do is reach and grab for their weapon. Well, wait a second. They're not knuckleheads. They're they're not they haven't been trained and they're not mature in what they're doing and they're reacting with a great deal of emotion and yet okay. they've got a, they've got a I, I'm sorry I'm sorry I call you a knucklehead if you break into a store I'm gonna call you a knucklehead right would would we agree that that defines a knucklehead if you like uh, destroy property yes that's yes. a knucklehead yes. so if you destroy a human being. That's a knucklehead. Completely. As far as I'm concerned. And I'm not going to make excuses for it. If you're a 30-year-old man, 25-year-old man, and you have gone through the police academy, then you should know better. I'm sorry. You you should. Agreed. Someone has their back to you. They're walking away. Now, I'm not talking about this situation, but the other situation. A couple of months ago where the guy's running. And you fire, you shoot them in the back? Are you kidding me? Well, and also, I mean, going back to that incident, too, there were two police officers on that guy. They should have been able to take him down. And that just lends to the whole thing about them being in better shape, having better training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can't have a fat police officer that loses his breath running out. This was not a real big guy. This was not a George Floyd-sized guy. This was a Paco less 50 pound size guy. Thank you, Jack. I, I mean, you, right. I mean, here's the thing. I, you know, I won't get into the size thing because when someone is enraged, they're super strong. Mm-hmm. So I get that. So I'm not going to get into the size, but the thing is, if you are well-trained enough, then two people can put them down. I can tell you in the, in the military, we would board ships. We tell you what to do. If you don't do it at that particular time, you're going down and we're going to zip tie you. And it's not putting our hands on guns and putting on people. No, we come at you, we put you down, and that's it. You're zip tied, done, clean, over with. Train our police officers that way. I think the training 
I think yeah. the training in the academy should encompass <laughs> teaching these guys to certainly be more disciplined and recognize for reaction. And that gun should be the last resort. Absolutely. Yes. And, and Jack and Paco, psyche vows. You need psyche vows because you can also weed that out. That's number one. Now here, now I'm going to jump to the side of the police officers. What we need for our officers that are out there daily that are dealing with all of this trauma, we need to treat them as having PTSD. We only associate that for the military. We need to associate that for our men and women in blue because it is PTSD. They are facing death every day, and I acknowledge that. And I commend them for the work that they do. So from the other end, we need to support them better and give them the proper training and the proper support. So also that there's no repercussion for them that if they do go through, uh, if they do see a, a shrink, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say shrink. If they see uh, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, then there should be no repercussions for them on the job. They should not be labeled. They should be allowed to see that. They should be allowed to cry and say, yes, I shot someone. It, this was terrible. Or I went through something. I had a gun pointed at me and I was scared. They should be allowed. Yeah. That's, there should be a safe space for them. So I acknowledge that we need to help them and we need to support them better. Now, so it's both sides here for them. Corey? Because I can tell you there's not enough for the military. Okay. There sure as hell is not enough for the military. Go ahead, Paco. I'm coming. Wait, wait, Jack, wait, please. Go ahead, Paco. All right. I'm coming around now because I just had her. Uh, I just kind of realized something. So, could you make the argument that the flagrant use, or you know, the reason why there are so many people being you know shot to death, is police, or law enforcement, or at least certain police officers, disrespecting the use of their weapon? In other words, they're using it all the time. It's like basically, as opposed to like the way you said in the military, they would excise extreme caution and also they would use it as the last resort until you absolutely have to do it. And this reminded me yes. of something I saw when I was a kid. Now, before you jump on me, there is an old episode of The Simpsons where Homer joins a gun club. And he gets kicked out immediately because he starts using his handgun as just to open, to open a door or, you know, make coffee or something. And everyone told him, this is not what we intended to do. This is not what we do it for. This is a weapon of defense. This is our last line of resort. But obviously he okay, didn't get it. Can you make your point? Can you make your point without bringing in the Simpsons? Because I'm sorry, I just my point is we don't uh, we we don't point without my point is they're not respecting their weapon is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Okay. Good. Say that. I yes. did say that. That's why I used the example. All right. Don't use the Simpsons. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm talking about something as serious. It drops your credibility. It does not yeah, drop exactly. my credibility. How does it not drop my credibility? It's been on the air for thirty-five plus years. So therefore, it is. Paco, if I, if I had said the situation in Wisconsin reminds me of an episode of Popeye, you would have kind of rolled <laughs> I get what you're saying. So, yes, you're you're piggybacking on this. And yes. I, I, I think we're on the same page about the, about the training, about yeah. the psych evals. I think it's going to be more costly. 
but I think in the long run, it'll be less costly. But see, I'll say it here. I'll be the first to say it. You know what? Raise my taxes. I will support my police officers. Raise my taxes Same. so they're better trained. I'm okay I, with that. I, hey, Corey, I'm good with that. If they yeah. just raise, if they just raise your taxes, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know I, you know what? I'll pay. You know what? I'll pay for all of us if I know that I have somebody good out there. I know that someone is good. See, have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? And again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like go back to SWAT. Think back in your time. Have you ever known them to fire their weapon when they're not supposed to? Never. You never ever heard of them being up on charges or anything like that because they are so hang well on. skilled. Hang, hang on, hang on. That's not completely true. There no, I asked the question. The I asked there the question. There are exceptions to the rule, but they're they're not as broad as they've been with local police. I asked the question. I said, have you ever heard? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Swat, so then, so it's not that it's not true. The answer to, to you, what you're saying is yes. That yes. was my question. So yes. yes. Okay. Primarily, we don't hear that about them. Well, they know how to keep their weapons. Right. One shot, one kill for them. 99% of the time, they really know what they're doing. And I'll I mean, take that, and I'll take that. 99%, because since we're not perfect human beings, I will take that, raise my taxes. If you will. All day long, I got you. Yeah, I got so you. we're in agreement on that. Raise them. Yeah. We're in, we're in agreement. We're going to raise your taxes. What do you think, Karen? We haven't heard from you. <laughs> uh raise your taxes don't raise mine hey hey California, let, me, let me let me wait 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 robin before right robin got robin's eyes got all big let me tell you what just happened karen moving here to california found out after doing her taxes that there's that first time charge when you first move to california they hit you and it takes they take like 1200 bucks or something she was so mad she got nothing back <laughs> well you know what i i will say the one nice thing about um, about uh, not having to worry about your taxes raised for, for police reform is that we're white. We're white. And we don't have to worry about walking around the corner the wrong way or, or, or like having any kind of history because we're white. If we were black, we would probably have a very different opinion. And being the wife of a black man and the mother of a black child, I will say, I will pay whatever the hell you need me to friggin' pay to make my child and my husband safe. And you know what? I'll extend that. I want, because I'm going to acknowledge this right here now, and no one has probably said this, but I'm going to be the one to say it. I'm sure that there are plenty of my Caucasian brothers and sisters who've been shot and they're not supposed to, and it's not on the news. I acknowledge that piece too. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's more blacks, I acknowledge that, but I'm sure out there there are whites and other races who are shot and are not supposed to. So I want everyone to be safe. Yes. Let's just put that out there. I'll be the person to say, I want you all to be safe. Right, and that's where we, where we put a bow on this. I think that's, yes. that's a good spot because that, that does say it. 
it's not a it's not a Black Lives Matter any more than all lives matter. I mean, we just need to stop this insanity with police officers being handed guns and doing whatever the hell they want with them, depending on their mood. Just because I'm part of a particular race, if I don't like something, I'm going to say it. I mean, we deal, I mean, we deal with, or we should deal with, you know, equality here on this podcast. So I was checking into barnone1.com and seeing all that they offer. Barnone, the number one.com. They have certified and qualified professional bartenders and servers that make party guests feel like they're living the high life. Barnone can be contacted at 619-952-9414. And that will be the first step to getting your event on track. Bar None will help you prepare the kind of event that is greater than you imagined. They've done this for years and they know what they're doing. So they can answer your questions and guide you to a successful and memorable event. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and let them handle these details so that your guests have a great time with a professional server who knows how to take care of their guests. Now, they know how to make your guests feel like they're going to have a great time in part because the work that Bar None does for an event is unparalleled. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and get the process started for your next event with Bar None. Tell them JV to the Pros sent you. And we're back with JV to the Pros. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Man Ramsey. And I know, I know you have some sort of an update and I don't think I'm going to be happy because I took a peek and you're going to have to bring the listener up to speed. But Corey, let's go to our next topic and it's not going to get any lighter. Well, uh, it's Fort Hood again. And so, you know, being a vet myself, this is something that's near and dear to me and we have another missing soldier. So we have... Sergeant Elder Fernandez, 23 years old, he's been missing since 817. Last he was seen, he was dropped off by the staff sergeant. He was wearing PT gear, and he has not been seen since. Now, the interesting thing about Fernandez is that he was a victim of sexual abuse. So much so that they transferred, they transferred him to a, uh, another unit, and there's an open investigation. So soon after, you know, the Vanessa uh, Gillingson thing. So now we have another individual. Now what I'm trying to find out is if these two knew each other or if they were in the same unit. I don't have that information now, but I'm endeavoring to see what I can get. But this is yet another individual who is, you know, who's missing. What's going on with him? I don't know. You know, this, but, you know, this, this particular story reminds me a lot of the storyline of A Few Good Men. Like, no reason for this guy to be going, and he was having problems, and all of a sudden, he's missing. I, you know, it's interesting that you mention that, and I'm not one to mix movies. But I swear to you, this soldier looks just like Michael DiLorenzo, who played uh, Santiago in that film. Oh, man. Really? Um, yes. You know what? 
I just, I didn't know the backstory and it just came to my mind as you were saying it. And I thought, you know, that whole courtroom scene, you know, why would Santiago do this if he's planning on leaving it? And I thought this guy is being harassed. He's got a problem. It's the same kind of thing. I didn't, I didn't know the backstory on that. Right. So he planned to call his mother. He never called uh, his mother. He hasn't been seen. And so no one knows where he's at, hasn't reported to work, hasn't returned home. So here we are, more than a week, and he's vanished. So here's the insidious thing about Fort Hood. So we go back to 2009. We had an active shooter there. 13 people killed, 32 injured. 2014, three people killed, 16 injured. Now we fast forward to 2020. We've had 12 soldiers this year have either vanished or, or died at Fort Hood. Two more have died after they separated from uh, the army at Fort Hood. So again, I say, what the hell is going on there? You know what? This is this is a huge, huge story. Um, but yeah, I, I'm surprised the military hasn't blanketed that area with investigators to find out and and just find out what's going on down there. Because it just sounds like something is being hidden. Like nobody wants they don't want it to come out. Because they have the power to cover it up. Because yes. understand, you know, the DOD is a you know is a massive entity. I mean, I'm not saying anything profound here. I mean, that's a humongous machine. So if they say you can't investigate, you can't investigate. It's just that simple. No other entity can go in there, really, but Army COD. I'm sorry, CID. Correction. Yeah, Criminal investigation. Now, now if, the, if the president of the United States wanted an investigation of what's going on there with all these, with all of these soldiers coming up missing for one reason or another. I mean, that woman, Vanessa, she was found buried and they, yeah. you know, they did figure out the story on that, but you've got yes. a lot more going on than that. Yes, you do. You do. And well, you know, look, the president could step in. You would get some uh, pushback from the joint chiefs of staff who would say, Hey, listen, you know, you're going into an area that maybe you shouldn't. So there's a lot of politics involved. I, you know, I just, I think that you need outside investigators. There needs to be a law set for these things because here you have this young man, the victim of sexual abuse, mm. and all they did was transfer. There's no record of what happened to the individual or individuals that were doing, uh, who did this to him. Wow. Now I'm trying to find out. So I'm effort, uh, I'm putting forth some effort on this right now to try to get some more information. This is going to be an ongoing thing, but I'll tell you right now, this is all I have. Even from calling down there and trying to get some information, I have not been able to get anything as of yet. Wow. Well, I mean, after the Vanessa um, situation happened, but that that was its own story. That was it, it doesn't seem to have branched off to connect to anything else of these other missing soldiers. This may be its own story too, but how is it that, that soldiers are coming up missing 
over and over again down there. Well, let me throw something else at you. And right now, this is just rumor. And I want to be really clear. This is just rumor. But there's supposed to be, there's a rumor of a sex trafficking ring down there. And so that's all I have. And so I'm going to try to come back next week and give the listeners and all of you some real information. And so I've got some calls in to some folks, and I'm trying to see what I can get. Well, I tell you what, any any information would be, you know, I, I mean, this is this is deeply disturbing. I mean, that's it's just that's disturbing, Jack, and nobody's talking. So you would think that they would talk to me because I'm one of theirs. No, not talking. Well, here's the other thing: is we watch probably two or two and a half hours of news a day. And I heard nothing about this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised because so. the news, is, the news is control. I mean, we don't even have, there's an investigation on about Vanessa. Where's that? Where's the transparency on that? We don't even know. And so, like I said, I want to know if there's a connection between Fernandez and Vanessa, were they in the same unit? I don't have that information as of yet. Yeah, but the Vanessa, the Vanessa thing was retaliation for the fact that she was reporting. You, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but there's whispers that it was more than just um, the Robinson guy that did it, that it was others. There's whispers out there. But no one is going on the record and no one is confirming. Mm. See? And there's other women uh, at Fort Hood who have come forth, albeit, you know, anonymously, but they have said that they have experienced the sexual harassment and the abuse. Well, we're we're on the same page that there is a sexual harassment issue there. Yes. But this is, this is, one of many problems. There's an onion down there that needs to be yeah. peeled. I agree. And that, you know what? That's a great way of putting it as an onion because I'm quite sure if you peel one little section, whole lot's going to unravel. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's I a lot agree. of dirt going on down there. You know, and um, I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I'm flabbergasted and Frankly, if I'm stationed down there, I'd be concerned and scared. Same. Yeah, I, I'm out. Yeah, if I'm stationed there, I'm with you, man. I'm putting in my transfer. I mean, like yesterday, I'm out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I want no part of it. I mean, between all the shootings that you have going on and disappearances and things like that, I mean, come on. Just doesn't happen. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Um, you're going to try to get us some more information on this. And yeah, I'm going to keep at this. I'm going to keep at this on a weekly basis and keep seeing what I, uh, you know, trying to figure out what I can come, what I can come, uh, come up with. I'm going to make some more calls down there, see what I can get. And then if I get anything, you know what? I'll bring it out here on JV to the pros. Yeah, that would, that would be greatly appreciated. And if you need to, you know, Drop my name. 
Well, I'm trying to get information, Jack. I'm not trying to get uh, hung up on. He's trying to get Nobody wants you your SAG card, Jack. You know what? You should have seen Robin freeze for a moment. Why would he, why would he drop your name? Yeah. That's funny. Right, let's try to get some more information on this. And um, I say we wrap it up there. And um, we let everybody know that we are JV to the Pros on Facebook. We're on Stitcher. We're on, come on, Robin. We're on Instagram. Spotify. On Spotify. Apple iPod, uh, whatever the Apple one is. iHeart. iHeart, yep. iHeart Radio. And if you want to email us with comments or compliments, you can you can send us an email at JV to the pros, all spelled out at gmail.com. The other thing is um, I had gotten some messages from some of the listeners about um, RVDCBD.com, RVDCBD.com, the CBD oil that works fantastic. It's a cream that if you got a sore back or sore joints, man, this stuff works. By the way, got a call from my Uncle Vinny today, and he's like, yes. Went for an eight mile walk. Uncle Vinny's back is back. But, um, but so is the hit you off get a, then? You get a discount. You get a discount um, by putting JV to the pros, all one word, in the discount margin. It, it's 10 or 15%. But it's whatever. I mean, I pay full price for this. This is great stuff. So rvdcbd.com, and you guys get any of your joints or your back or whatever's hurting you to loosen up and you get a chance to sleep real good, real comfortable. So I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Man Ramsey. I'm only the Iron Man because of the CBD. That is really, I, I have to say, I went for a run last night and you know what? Everything felt good to me. Sorry. Can, can we ring somebody's cell phone a little bit? Um, yeah. The other thing, <laughs> you are the Iron Man because you believe in the philosophy of Woody Allen. 80% of success is showing up. And you show up week in and week out, and sometimes I can't show up. But you know what? Paco, the last man standing, that's right. Our technical genius has been doing a great job of editing and taking care of everything for us. Karen, the queen of queens, I'll tell you what, in all seriousness, there are times I feel like I want to just kind of snuggle and watch some TV. Oh, no, she's working on the show. She's working on the show. She's working on the show. So she's being the good producer. And I know Robin is sending me stuff all the time about ideas and topics for the show and things like that. I also would like to get um, that um, police officer she talked about. I'd like to get him on the show. I'd like to chat with him because they just – gave him his own day in San Diego. Um, yes. I think, it, I think it was Officer Weiss, and it's Officer mm -hmm. Weiss Day, and I think it's um, August 6th or 8th or something is Officer Weiss Day for what he did with both the synagogue shooter and with saving the twin two-year-olds in which the father tried to drive them off a cliff into the Pacific Ocean. And he saved them. Absolutely. And that's a good point, Jack. You know, I mean, we need that. I mean, we need to show the other side that there are good men and women that are police officers 
And I think it's important for us to show that side. So, yeah, um, you know, I'll talk to uh, Robin with a Y to see, you know, if we can get him. He's a hot commodity, I'm going to tell you right now. He's a very hot Let's ask him for 10 minutes. I'm sure he can give us 10 minutes. Yeah, if he can give us 10 minutes, tremendous. I know Um, he works the early morning shift, and I've been looking for him. I'm hoping to cross paths with him when I'm downtown uh, because I'm down there at like 4 or 5 in the morning. So I'm hoping to cross paths with him. I promise I will approach him if I do. So um, but we'll, we'll, get him, we'll get him on the show, okay? So Yes, and, and uh, another thing. Fans of The Truth is Alien, don't worry. Next week, I've got something really nice for you, something really creepy for you, so just hang in there. Next week, okay. I've got you covered. Don't, don't, tell, don't tell us what it is. You know what? Next week, spring it on us. Let's just go. Next from, week, let's go from Jump Street and see what you got. You got it. Okay. You got it. By the way, I also heard from Rob Van Dam and Rob Linton, who we had as guests on the show. They were both on the same show. We're calling that the Rob Show. But yes. um, both of them were very, and they've both done many interviews. They were very impressed with the interview we did with both of them. They were really appreciative, and we are going to see Rob when he has a show in Southern California, will be invited as his guest. Yes. And, you know, while we're on that subject, one other thing. We want to get David Omen back on. We'll see how it works out with, you know, the COVID situation, because he did invite us to his home. Mm. And for those who don't know, he's the one that lives next to um, where Sharon Tate used to live. Right from Los Angeles, so we want to see if we can, uh, you know, get him, and maybe if we can do the show from there, even if we do it in mask, let's see if we can get yeah, that done. That would be that would be great. Let's see. Yes. We got a, we got a lot of we got a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, yeah, our, we do. Our, our listeners are enjoying every week. Every week we got we keep stepping up the game. So next week, so download us, people. Download us. Feel free to download us, and then you can listen to us anytime. That means. That means you've got Paco all the time if you download it. JV to the pros, Buzzsprout, Google it, and you'll see all of our episodes. JV to the pros dash Buzzsprout, and you'll be able to find us no problem. All right, Corey. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey the Iron Man Ramsey. We are signing off with Season 2, Episode 34. Paco, take us out. Actually, that's not going to be me. That's going to be uh, Mr. President. Uh, Mr. President, uh, do you have any words to say to Jack Vecchio? Uh, yeah, get him the hell out of here, will you please? You heard the man. Good night, folks. Get him out of here. Throw him out. <laughs> <laughs>